Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the roundtable discussion podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we've returned from the depths of Pericles to one of the most well-known of the Bard's works, King Lear. As a side note, this episode is the first with a new microphone setup. As such, there's a few kinks to work out, but ultimately I think the episode is sounding much cleaner than some of the previous ones. Uh, make sure to check us out at our new home at ShakespearePod.com and the rest of the network over at GhostlightMedia.net. And now, on with the show. That's my... I will judge a book by its cover. It's got a oh, no, absolutely. I'm way more likely to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, we say don't judge a book by your cover, but everybody act. <laughs> absolutely does there is an entire industry designed around making sure that we can accurately do that and yeah have an idea if we're gonna like so it. Oh, i'm I, working I on like it better when i judge a book by its cover and then i get into it and i'm like no that's not at all what i thought this was going to be by that so well, I, I do hate the fact that the like the trend of like putting an excerpt from the book or like stuff about the book has gone away from the back jacket cover yeah uh not so much in children's and young adult they still pretty consistently do but adult fiction has but it's really interesting how when you're around books a lot book covers can absolutely just by how they're designed communicate to you like what the book is because um i'm working right now on organizing our back room at the library and we have a lot of books in the back room that have been donated to us that we're holding to give away as prizes and so i've been working on organizing those and all of the fiction was like in a jumble and there's two huge bookshelves worth of of books in the back room. And I wanted to split them up between um, what's middle grade and what's young adults because I don't want to like go to a meeting of fifth graders and bring prize books for them and then they're like have them be like, you know, this one's about death and suicide. Yeah. Thanks, this this one's for like a 15 year old to read. So I was I'm working on, I was working on separating them and we've got a, we've also got a shelf of advanced reader copies of books, which are the galleys that they publish, that they send out before the book is actually published. And those on the inside cover will tell you like, this is the age group this book is for. So they're easy to separate. The published books don't have that. And so I did everything on my own where I could just look at the book and make a pretty educated guess. And then I took a stack and I was able to do that for all of them, except there were like seven where I was like, this could go either way. And it was really honestly just from looking at the cover going, what, who is this cover being marketed to? What kind of images? Yeah. Yeah. And it actually, it really does communicate like what age range is being targeted. Makes sense. Especially when I think of like Dragonlance books. Middle and high schoolers. Yeah. High school. Yeah. The Martian, not the Martian Chronicles, Princess of Mars. I know who that one's targeted at, too. Because every cover of the Mar- uh, Princess of Mars has Deja Thoris wearing about an inch and a half of clothing. Well, that's that's the, that's the the pulp, you know. That's the, those are those three, come from the... Uh, three boobied Martians, six those, boobied Martians. Those come from the, the same, the same uh, art school. The covers of those come from the same art school as Harlequin romance novels. They're just geared towards men instead of women. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I call it. Those are the Sherbert reads. So you get a, like a really heavy book, and you don't know what to do next, and you're stuck in the book hangover, and you can't get out of it. I pick up a Harlequin, not a Harlequin, but I pick up a cheesy romance, a bodice ripper of some sort, it's a palate cleanser. It's a palate cleanser. You know exactly what you're gonna get. You know exactly how it's gonna go, and at the end, you're like, huh, yeah, it was my Sherbert. It's my Sherbert course. Now let's get to something better. See, I, I and- <laughs> got my electrolytes back. 
I go I go for a lot Shut of Shut the, the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I go I you know I and I do enjoy a lot of the pulp the pulp authors, you know, like Robert Howard. Oh my know, gosh. I love Robert Howard. H H P Lovecraft. Uh um you know, that kind of stuff. You know, I do I so, do love speaking of Robert Howard. Jumping into those. I so I have this problem where I want to share my pop culture with my children, like now, and so much of it is inappropriate. Like Harry Potter is still too much for the kids, that kind of thing. But we've been doing um, Robert Howard and Tarzan. Like it's not that far off of six year old, is it? Robert Howard is. I mean Conan. Conan's a bit for a six. But he did Tarzan too, didn't he? No, that was um Edward Burroughs Rice. Yeah. Edward Burroughs Rice. You could probably you could probably do Tarzan. I would show them, I, you know, have you have they watched the Disney Tarzan? No. Are you kidding? I wanted to show them that so they don't want to watch it. Right. That's Just put way. it on. We put we put on Avatar today, which they've always said they wouldn't watch. But we're playing Legos and we're like, we just put the Avatar on. So we're watching Avatar and eventually both kids are just like big eyed watching Aang run around and like bend air everywhere. And they're like, Mom, this is the coolest. I'm like, Yeah, listen to me. I've been alive for a while. I know what's neat. Yeah, I still, I still, <laughs> I still have not watched any of that. Uh, it was, it's like 25 it was, bucks for the whole series. I, but it was, it was outside of my uh, pop culture window. Will you open my beer? Uh, yeah, it was outside of my pop culture window. Like it, it it's came not, out at it's, a time when, but it's not now. Oh no, it's I, it's not now. It's just something that I just haven't done. No, oh. I will probably sit down and watch it with Izzy at some point because it's just not on anything streaming. It's, it's not, and that is a shame. Hey, hey Ryan, can you also open my beer? Chase, are you stealing a beer? Already, yes. Because I don't want to stand up and get one of my. I'm sure so, that it, like I'm sure that my kid would love it. It's probably straight out of going her way, but you know, I it's not media that I ever consume because it wasn't like in the time frame of when I would have been watching that. Badass women all over that. My youngest son asks all the time, "Mom, why do you hate Paw Patrol?" It doesn't come out like that. It's actually, "Mom, why do you hate Paw Patrol?" Um, it's because there's that no. That sounds about like James. Yeah, it's because there's no women in it. There's one woman, and she's ineffectual she's pink and she doesn't have any like she doesn't have a supercar or well anything. then there's that weird ass mayor yeah so paw patrol no women no women in it worth their anything. spit but avatar badass women all over that so, he's been watching the there's like an avengers cartoon that she's been watching a disney plus is pretty good for that there's also a dc superheroes girl on netflix uh james is super duper into that you forgot the post-its? Not anymore. I remembered them just now. All right. We have watched some DC superhero girls, but Izzy is, James is way less into DC anything than Marvel. James is su- oh, she do- James doesn't care. He wants superheroes. Um, Michael came up with, with Hero Spray so that all of the bad guys could get Hero Spray and become heroes. Because we have bad guys and good guys, and yeah. James doesn't want anybody to be a bad guy, and he gets really upset about it. And so to counteract his brother's meltdown when he's like, no, that's a bad guy, he has to go to jail, he came up with superhero spray. 
And so he sprays the bad guys with hero spray, and then they become good guys. That is adorable, and the most... That is the most child way to handle it, and I love it. Um, That's some good Big Brother shit. Do you know know what... uh, Well, of course, Big Brothers also have to beat the shit out of their little brother. Do you know what piece of media could use a spray that turns characters into, like, good and interesting characters? First of all, most of them are interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And second of all, King Lear. King Lear. So the beer that Chase stole Mm -hmm. is called Bass. It is the most generic English beer I could find because King Lear is set in just uh, England, maybe, maybe. Throw a Gloucester in there. No one will know the difference. <laughs> so what are we, what are we talking about Brands King Lear Dover's on? Mentioned. Oh, uh, this is the Shakespeare podcast. My name's Beth Roars. I'm Ryan Halfell. I'm Cassie Greenley. I'm Chase Greenley. And you might have wondered, hey, what is this super clean and clear sound? I really hope so. God, I hope so. We spent a lot of money on microphones. <laughs> so Chase thinks it's important that you be able to pick out all of our individual voices. Hopefully I, this uh, contributes to less talking over each other. It, I it, doubtful. It won't. It's, doubtful. It's, not, <laughs> it's not going to. <laughs> we will clearly it, be talking over go, each other from now on. I'm just going to go sit on the other side of next to Ryan's just to fuck with this. I'm going to push you into traffic. Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, don't. I'm little. Yeah. Ba- Bass's generic English beer because... It's, it's the most generic that you can get. Because this is set in generic, as I as I said when Beth and I were standing outside talking before we started recording, it's set in white people Europe. Well, they talk about the like the, northern Dover. Europe. They send someone to Dover, so we know where they're in England. We know they're not in Dover. Lear is technically king of Britain, but was never actually a king of Britain. So it's imaginary. Well, he's he's a fictional he's a fictional yeah. king. This one is not a history. There's no thank God, no King Lear. But there is a Gloucester. What? What? Which pissed Cassie off. I want you to, to know no that Cassie end. just did a huge intake of breath, and then she's clutching her I'm, pearls. Or I am something. I am deciding when to drop the bomb that I have to drop about this play. Do it now. I don't like this one. That's okay. I think Winter's Tale is weird and not in a good way. You don't, I, you don't have to like this one. I don't like it. Just because it's, this is, okay, so this is my favorite Shakespeare I know, play. I don't and like it. It is okay that it's not anybody else's. That means that you're not going to run and try to be directing this play before me. No, I'm not. This, cool. this is the This is the play that dudes that really love doing Shakespeare plan to do when they're old. Like every like yeah. every male Shakespeare actor that I know there wants s- to play Lear but when they're, they're like so, seventy years old. But I, I don't know why. Yeah, so I don't know why people want to play Lear, but I could see why people want to play Kent because I think that he's fucking fun. Everybody wants to play Lear because they get to go crazy on stage. Right, but you are a terrible human. Then Well the, yeah, but that's consistent with many the Shakespeare. The fool is here. also so delightful he's so good in oh, I would, this. I, I would love definitely this fool and this fool like my two favorite fools are this fool and touchstone and they are so different but they fulfill um, the same role pompey bum i forgot about pompey bum because i've been trying to forget about 
Pericles. <laughs> I will continue to ride, remind you about Pompey Bone. So I, I actually want to dip back into Pericles for just a moment. because Why? Cass, Because Cassie and I had the most bizarre you, thing happen wait, to on. us. Did you stumble into a brothel that wasn't a very good brothel at all? Yes. No. Uh, about did you try to sell your wife? I love that you said yes and he said no. <laughs> did you try to sell your wife into prostitution and it didn't work because she's too virtuous? Because she she's sitting right here, Beth. She convinced <laughs> everyone not to have sex with her. Did you leave your child with someone you've never met more than once? Were they named Licorice? <laughs> no. Did she? Did you throw her into the ocean when yes. we weren't looking? There it is. Did you put Cassie in a waterproof box and chuck her in the <laughs> Why sea? Why the fuck as wasn't a... the whole shit made out of a waterproof box, Chase? Into traffic. Do you? Do you, <laughs> do you no. Do you what happened we was that now? Cassie and I were talking about this podcast not a week after the last time we recorded, and we could not remember a single thing about Pericles. I was like, <laughs> not- I was like we just did Pericles. What's it about? And my family was asking because it was over Christmas. Oh, God. And they're like, well, which one's Pericles? And I'm like, I don't know. We sat there for I a don't solid remember. five minutes having to like <laughs> what retrace our brain. What happened and in Pericles? And then as soon as Chase so- went, Incest King. And I was like, oh, Incest King. Okay. And then I did the whole plot. Three minutes that Ryan and I just riffed on you proves that we're better Shakespeareaholics than you are because we remembered Pericles. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Beth, we are professional drunken Shakespeare theologians. It's it's true. Uh, So I have that sticker on my phone. Mm -hmm. I take it to work and to work functions frequently. And... Almost nobody bothers to read it. But every once in a while, somebody will look over and go, what? The f- <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I'm like, well, it just, uh, they do a p- podcast. <laughs> uh, and they are all like, so why are you a banker? Well, because um, there's no money in being a professional drunken Shakespeare theologian. There really that is. I know yeah. yeah, there's not. If Chase is raking in the dough uh, into traffic... <laughs> Chase is raking in the dough. We need to have a frank conversation about our finances because I'm unaware of it. Do well, you, I spend all the money do, on these sweet microphones. On these microphones. <laughs> did you uh, do you set yourself up a get out fund? <laughs> he's, got, he's got a go bag a and, and a, a coffee can filled with money. <laughs> We're going to have a treasure hunt you instead of a really, podcast. You know how to hide money better than a coffee can. It's true. It, Have it, I taught you nothing about Utma accounts? Come on. Look, the, the Ron Swanson method is appropriate at no, times. because the Ron Swanson method gets found out by Timon of Athens, and then he's throwing your gold everywhere. That's true. That's true. Don't let Timon of Athens anywhere left near. for just a moment, and we brought up Timon of Athens. I That's know. It all comes back to Timon That's of Athens. That's because all I wanted was a potato, and I found gold, and then their hills. And I just chucked it, people. All right, but we're not talking about Pericles no, or Timon of Athens. About those. We're talking about we're talking about Lear, King Lear, the King tragedy Lear. of King Lear. Of King Lear. So, it this is my favorite Shakespeare play, but it had been a few years, nigh on a decade, since I had read it. So, reading it again as a parent this time through made me look at Lear a whole lot differently than I've ever looked at him before. Um, in fact, I got like my judgy mom eyes on for him. He's the bad. Good. For the whole goddamn play? Uh, 
every single piece of it, every single piece and part of it, from start to beginning, from start to end, whole thing. Took notes. Me too. When I took when I studied this with Stephanie Gearhart, but my note is uh, limited to the first page in my Norton that says "Poor old dads, Lear and Gloucester." Okay. No, neither one of them are poor old dads. Like Gloucester gets a lot of props with me for not being as much as a twat waffle as everybody else. Um, Beth, I got some bad news about what happens to one of Gloucester's sons. No. No, he's a huge twat waffle. <laughs> Like, don't get me wrong. He's still a twat waffle. But he's less, but he's less of, a twat of a twat waffle. I thought I'd lost my notes. They were in my book. All right. So I only went up to uh, act four with my notes. That's and because at that point you'd been reading for five hours and you wanted to know why you were spending your life this way because this play is so long. <laughs> We've read worse. Okay. We've read King John. <laughs> That's true. Okay, I don't hate King we John. We read Pericles. <laughs> I hate Pericles. <laughs> Pericles is fucking we did, awful. We did Timon of Athens. I think when we got that done was with, fine. I feel like when we got done with Pericles, we were like, why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> well, we got done with Pericles and decided, let's do Lear. Let's, look, can we do a good one now? Can we, can, we do, can we do a serious play? Cassie is making a face that I have never seen before. Because she doesn't think this is a good one. It I, is terrifying. Okay. I don't like this one. You cannot like it, but it is much better. <laughs> it is much better than Pericles. Okay. <laughs> and I will explain. <laughs> Frequently. Uh, this is not- going to be me ramping Beth up in this episode, which is a very different dynamic than I think this podcast has ever it's, had before. This is <laughs> normally not the way so, it goes, but I'm here for it. Same. So also, you can change my mind. It won't. Probably because I've had a lot of people try to dissuade me from liking Lear, but I do like Lear. Okay, um, I, I've seen incredible productions of it. I enjoy so many of the characters, and but the main, like, yes, the main through line of the play is like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So let's talk about the through line. There's some good ad- adaptations let's, of the uh, too that we'll so talk about in the second let's, half. Let's get into the plot of it so then we can get to the second half. Yes. So we're gonna start off with with Kent and Gloucester. And the, the message that I sent into our group chat as I was reading it this afternoon was that I'm so mad that there's a Gloucester in this play and it's not even a history. I want you to know that every time I read the name, it was Gloucester, just to piss off Ryan. Oh, Gloucester. <sighs> He's another one. I wonder how many of these plays we can get a Gloucester in just so I can bug the shit out of you. All right, so Gloucester. Look, this yeah. is where Cassie's so- supposed to piss you off, not you piss me off. <laughs> Um, I'm real proficient at pissing you off. So yeah, we meet, we meet Kent and Gloucester and, uh, they're talking about how King Lear is going to divide his kingdom between his three daughters. So one of the things that what the Gloucester talks about though, in the beginning of this, Uh huh. so this is kind of the story of two dads and neither one are good. So he's accurate. He's got with him, his son, Edmund, who he loves. Uh, but is a bastard. And then he's got his son, Edgar, who's not around. Who's not in this scene. We have our setting, by the way. What? I forgot. What? Leicester. Or Leicester is named for Lear. Oh, the mythical yeah. founding. Sure, okay. Of Le- Leicester? Leicester. I mean, Glou- Gloucester. You said it first. 
I know. Right. I, I screwed it up first, but it's but, Leicester. So he's talking about his two sons with one of them right here. And he says, this knave came something saucily to the world before he was sent for, yet was his mother fair. There was good sport at his making, and the horseman must be acknowledged. So that's our introduction to Gloucester, ladies and gentlemen. This, this is how he introduces his son, Edmund. Like, this is Edmund. Um, I had a lot of fun making him, but he's the son of a prostitute. I have another son who might be my son. I don't know. His mom says he is, and she's my wife. So sure. So um, he already likes Edmund better than Edgar. But he introduces them. He doesn't in like such... either of them very well. Look at those names. He needed to have a third one. He needed to have an Edward, so he could have an Ed, Ed, and Eddie. I dig a dig a hole, dig a hole. <laughs> I'll make a good shovel, huh, Eddie. That's anyway, so we meet Eddie. them, and then Lear comes in with his right. three daughters: Regan, Goneril, and Cordelia. So Lee's, Lear's got this great idea. He's like, mm, I can't just leave it to my firstborn. Because that's how this stuff's supposed to work. I'm going to divide England into three pieces. And and I want each of my daughters to tell me how much they love me. And what they say is going to determine how much of my kingdom they get. How much of England do these bitches get? So, Reagan and Goneril are already married. Goneril is married to Cornwall. And Reagan is married... Nope. Backwards. Yeah, Goneril's married to to Albany. And Reagan is married Reagan to Cornwall. 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 That's um, important for later. Yes. And Cordelia is not married, but she's There'll being be courted by the king of France and somebody else. A duke in France. Duke uh, of Burgundy. Bur- Burgundy. Burgundy. Yeah. I'm going to say, it's why would you marry the duke of Burgundy or the king of France? I'm- well, it's because his apartment's filled with leather-bound books. It smells of rich mahogany. Moose out front should have told you that. So yeah, so Lear puts them through this song and dance where he's like, tell me how much you love me and then I'll tell you what part of my kingdom you're getting. Because he's already decided and he's already divided it up because he doesn't even wait for all three of them to talk before telling them what part they're getting. Like Goneril tells him and then he's like, this is what you rule. And Regan tells him, this is what you rule. So Cordelia keeps having asides during this. She goes, oh shit, this isn't going to go well for me. I can't lie. Are you telling me that you've never flattered someone before? All you have to say is, yeah, daddy, I love you. And that would be it. But Goneril gets up and says, I love you in all. Every part of me loves only you. You are all my sun, my stars, my moon. Oh, father, everything that is good in the world rests in you. He's like, sweet. Here's some country. And Reagan gets up and goes, what she said, ditto. Except even more to infinity. Yeah. Uh, And he's like, good, you get that plus this woods. And Cordelia gets up and goes, um, I owe you what a daughter owes you. I love you like a daughter should. Um, that's, that's what I have to say. good enough. Yep. Good enough, right? And he goes... You unnatural child who does not love me. She's like, well, dude, look, I'm going to get married. I can't love only you. I'm going to love my husband, too. And he's like, bullshit. They're married. And they said they loved me all. They're liars. And she calls her sisters out as liars. Yes. She does. And Regan and Goneril are uh, don't. bitches. They, they are. <laughs> they're not. Like, we haven't seen the whole bitchiness yet. And their bitchiness scale, go, like, 
we're talking upper, exponential upper east side oh. like rich lady problems about to come up in here oh yeah it's real housewives of it is yeah so, whatever but yeah but because cordelia won't heap praise upon her father he disowns her basically yeah france take her i'll give her nothing actually it's burgundy do you want her uh, she gets nothing burgundy's like <laughs> no and then the king of France, who's like the one decent person in the show. I don't know. Albany is okay. He goes, um, that's an absolutely horrible way to treat your daughter. Why on earth would you do something like that? Yes, I will marry her and take her away from this horrible family life that she must have had. <laughs> You're yeah, being I'm, a dick. I'm it's like, she's not going to have any dowry. And he's like, I'm the king of France, bitch. I'm king of I don't need I'm one. a real dick. Yeah. That should be the tagline. So... He takes her. They leave. Fast forward less than a fucking month, I'm assuming. Well, and first Kent. Oh, yeah. I forgot Kent, we have to kick Kent out. Kent but, calls Lear out. He's like, hey. um, This is a bad idea. That was a horrible thing you just did. Why would you treat your daughter like that? Like, first of all, don't give away. You're not dead. Don't stop being king. You don't stop being king just because you're tired and you want to fuck around. Why are you giving up your shit? Also, and Lear's like, Cordelia, he, yeah. Cordelia's the best of them. And Lear's well, like, he, you can't tell me what to do. Get out of my kingdom. Yeah, I'll say he banishes Kent before France and Burgundy show up. Right. So he kicks Kent out. I'm sure Kent went far, right? So far. Yeah, far, he went, he went far out, enough to put on a disguise. He went out, he went out back and <laughs> hid in the shed on the back and corner. Stuck of on a property. fake mustache. Yeah, like, he, so he does have a really great. He hit speech. on the back forty. My my new least favorite thing people say. This is my favorite least constructive criticism people give, and I've heard it multiple times since becoming a manager, and it pisses me off. He gives a do better speech. He's like, Lear, you need to fucking do better. You need to be better at being a king and a father. Do better. Do better. This is stupid. Do better. People actually give that advice to people? Like, that's like... Effectively, yes. Do better. So, all right. I mean, I've told told my team that they need to be better about certain things, but not like just... I don't just tell them do better. I tell them how. There's there's a theater (laughs) professor at BGSU who I won't name, but who was notorious for having once given a note to an actor that was simply, act better. Do better. Do better. I mean, yeah, but if you're going to tell somebody to do better, you have to tell them how. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. I am not that manager who says do better. Yeah. She's complaining about it because they're terrible. We have. Yes. But anyway, so so Kent gets kicked out. Cordelia goes off with the King of France. She gives a nice going away speech to her sisters of like. Hey, Bur- Burgundy, Burgundy pieces out because he's like, oh, she's not going to have a dowry. Yeah. But so France is like, yeah, but I'm the fucking king of France. I don't need a dowry. Yeah, it's OK. Um, And then as they're leaving. So the end of this scene, the sisters are discussing how they're going to deal with this because Cordelia was always going to take her father. Cordelia well, was, was her father's favorite. Well, she was the favorite. So she was always going to like, take Fran- him. France is even like makes a point of talking about how he's fucking shocked that Lear has fucking is treating Cordelia like this because he's like, and everything up to this point, you've been like, this. the sun shines out of her ass. What the fuck? And Goneril and Regan are like, yeah, he's, you know, he's going to lose in it in his age. 
Not, what are we going to do? Well, you take him for a month, and I'll take him for a month, and you take him for a month, and I'll take him yeah, for a gonna month. Yeah, we're going to trade him. We're going to trade him back and forth. He should have gone to Cordelia. This sucks. Why couldn't she just say, whatever? I love you, Daddy. You're super awesome. Okay, so then we switch to Edmund. Edmund is the most, like... Edmund the Bastard. Edmund the Bastard. He is the most, like, mustache-twisting villain since Aaron the Moor. Who we haven't gotten to yet. Have we? No, no we did yeah, We talked yeah. about that. Aaron's not really a mustache-twirling villain. I would go back to... Who's a good mustache-twirling villain? Iago's a decent He's a mustache pretty, But Edmund, Edmund is way more mustache-twirly. Oh, yeah. Edmund is one of the he most... Edmund is way more, I'm doing this for the sake of being a dick. Which is, uh, yeah, he's he, a lot more snidely whiplash than, uh, yeah, than Iago. He, there's no great reason he's doing it. He wants power. Power's great. Um, but the, most of the cause he's is... He's more of a Don John. Don John. But he's not as angsty as Don John. Yeah, Don, yeah. but Don John's definitely a mustache. Twirl. Like, this is funny to Edmund. This is yeah. hilarious. This is hilarious. Which is why I equate Don John. Don John's got the, some similar motivation. He does, but he's also just, like, depressed all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, like, emo. Yeah. Snidely Whiplash. But Edmund... Which in Sad boy well, Snidely. Sad boy Snidely. Sad boy Snidely. So... With an eye. So, yeah. So, Edmund has this whole big speech about, like, why should I be called a bastard? Like, what does it matter who I was born to? Bastard's it a horrible name. It doesn't the sheets I came from. I came. I'm here. I'm, I came. I'm here. And now I'm going to see if I can get my dad to totally flip out on my brother. Let's get one back for the bastards. Yeah. There's, like, even an anthem rallying cry at the end of his speech. But he's decided he's going to, um, he's got this fake letter that he's going to give his father telling him that Edmund is plotting to kill him that Edmund wants to know whether or that Edgar wants to know whether Edmund will join him in ending their father's life and that's what the letter says and then Edmund goes all reverse psychology by going it is his handwriting but I'm sure that he didn't write it I'm sure he didn't mean this dad don't don't say anything to him dad let me see if I can figure out what's going on let me talk to him yeah so someday James is gonna write a letter in Michael's handwriting (laughs) nope and he's gonna give it to you nope and he's gonna say we're gonna kill you mom (laughs) what do you mean what do you mean someday <laughs> I framed that shit. <laughs> Do you have any idea how many times a six-year-old has slammed a door in my face and told me they hate me? It's amazing. <laughs> See, I don't get that. But my kid is also made out of sunshine. It's because Hannah was involved. It's true. She gets an all for my wife. It's true because you are an asshole. I right. am. <laughs> I'm all of Izzy's bad attitude. <laughs> I'm so depressed. All right. So <laughs> my kids aren't really trying to kill me, but one of them did slam the door in my face and tell me they hated me. I wanted them to brush their teeth. Oh, God. <laughs> the worst How dare indignity. you? The worst indignity you can <sighs> suffer upon them. Yes, with their spin toothbrush and their magic timer. So. <clears throat> yeah, so he goes in and he, he meets up with his brother and he says, hey, dad's super mad at you for something that happened. And there's been a big misunderstanding and you should probably get out of here because dad's going to try and kill you. Yeah. You, yeah, you, should, you should probably go. Leave. Actually, you know what? I'll hide. 
go hide up in my chambers, hang out there, and I'll talk to dad. <laughs> and I'll see if I can just like sort everything out and figure out what, what's going on. Yeah, I'll fix this. I'll, I'll totally fix it. I'll fix, fix this whatever's going on. Um, Glau- like Glauser just totally buys it. He's like, you know what? There were portents about this. There was a prophecy. The sun and the moon and the stars have all predicted this is going to happen. Which leads to a wonderful speech about how only fools blame shit on the moon and the stars. Edmund has some great speeches. Like, yeah, he's super evil. He has some beautiful speeches. I would want to play Edmund if I had to play a villain. All right. So on to Goneril. On to Goneril. Yeah, Goneril's talking... In the next scene, to her servant Oswald, is his name Stuart? Is it Stuart Oswald? Stuart. Sorry. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So cut to Goneril. Cassie's not having any of her shit. No, nope. No. So Lear- this play is too long for shenanigans. Whatever. We have so- no time for shenanigans. No time. Lear smacked the shit out of one of her servants for being bad. Uh, and Goneril's pissed about it. Oswald's pissed about it. And she promises she's going go to I'll go. To, I'll go deal with him. I'll have a talk with Dad. And in walks disguised Kent. Yeah. Next scene, Kent comes on wearing a fake mustache, and he's saying, if I talk in an accent no one and wear know. this mustache, no one will know it's me. And here's the thing. I can do my fake from Kent accent, yeah? It, it works. Yep, like a charm. It works perfectly. No one ever well, suspects. Hey, look, Clark Kent wears some fucking glasses. <laughs> so okay. which, which play was it where like the king's in disguise and has to like run around the corner and be the... Oh, when he's the, the priest. We just recently yeah. did this one. Yeah. Which one was that? Measure for measure. That was measure for measure. So it's disguise levels of measure for measure. That's how, that's how many of these that we've gone through in the last uh, slightly over two years that sometimes they run, they run together. Second beer, I'm a worse theologian. Yeah, but, but so Kent in disguise goes to Lear and goes, hey, um, do you need like someone to help serve you? Because I'll do that. Yeah, I'm still himself, loyal to you. Gets- sure, sure. You know what? No one's come and prostrated themselves for me in a while. Why don't you come serve me? If I like you, you can stay tomorrow. And then a messenger comes out and goes, uh, your daughter is super pissed at you because you hit her servant. Whatever. I'm the king. I'm King Lear, bitch. He does pull a share. That's basically it. <laughs> uh, and the king is calling for his fool who has been moody and hiding in his room since Cordelia left. Loves her. Whatever. Probably because Goneril's a bitch. Well, Regan and Goneril both are. And they both were like, this is totally fake. We don't actually love him. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, But Goneril comes in and is like, Lear, you're fucking terrible. (laughs) Stop beating up my servants. Stop letting a hundred men run rampant through my estate. So Lear... And she's given an order for her servants to no longer listen to his servants. She's uh-huh. basically said, he's not king anymore. He gave it up. Yeah. You obey me and not him. So part of the don't listen. He got, to keep his, he got to keep a retinue of 100 men to take care of him. Yeah. So here is my 100 men is a lot 
of buddies need to need around. So I guess well, they're not supposed to be there as buddies. It doesn't matter. It's a fucking lot of people. So there's part of me that's like, I understand what Goneril's saying. Like, 100 people is a lot of people. Okay, but you have to think about it in, in terms of, of medieval procession of kings. Well, actually, in this, Lear is like even even further back. than He's holding times. a very small court in the back guest house. Which is his prerogative as the well, king. It's what they pull it's like. It's like when King Robert travels to the north. Did you, you know, watch Game of Thrones. You saw that. I didn't. What's Game of? Beth. I, in I, the street. Game of, game of Tolkien. Why is everyone going to throw me in the street today? <laughs> it's okay. We're in BG. There's not going to be a car for at least two hours. It's fine. Well, especially down this street. Right. So she, she's like, you, you can't be this way anymore. And Lear rages and tells, curses her with sterility. It's like, I hope you have no kids. But if you do, I hope they're just like you. Which is, I think every mother said that to their children. Has your, did your mom ever? She didn't say it to me. She said it to my older brother. Makes sense. How about she, you? She was triplets I, on I him. I think I got a couple of times. Got it a couple of times. My mom yeah. says she never did, but I distinctly remember. Every parent has done that to their child. But. Luckily for me, it didn't work because my kid is just like my wife. Which is great for us. Uh, he does tell her to make a spleen baby, which is one of my favorite things. Make a baby of your spleen. Like, I don't know what that means, but it's not a magic baby like Winter's Tale, but it's a spleen baby. I'm pretty sure I've pooped those out before. Gross. <laughs> We're having fun with the volumes <laughs> on the mic. That's disgusting. All right. So. If you can't yeah, tell that we're so... excited about having the new mics, maybe not as excited as Chase. <laughs> But we're still excited. So Goneril leaves. Right. And and tries to warn her that, like, hey, um, going too far. Like, I know you're trying to make yourself better or whatever, but you should have just left it the fuck alone. Yeah. So that's where my, like, Albany is not that bad. No, No, but he also disappears for two-thirds of the show. Well, if they had added in his lines, Cassie, it would have been six hours. I know. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of shit that happens in so this play. So here's where I mark a like I made a mark. That's Act One. Yeah, and that we skipped a bunch of stuff shit. in Act well, One. Finally, we have to say we get we get the fool at the end of Act One. Right, and he has some wonderful like. We'll go into the fool more. I think in the second half of this. Yeah, because basically every time he's on stage, he's doing what. King's jesters fools did, which was they were paid to say truth with a couple of jokes, but that meant that they could get away with like saying things to the king that anybody else would have been killed you, you or banished cross, for. Cross lines that nobody else. Could and cross. he does. He's very upfront. He's like, "You shouldn't have done this thing with splitting up your land between your daughters. That was a real bad choice that you made." Here's a funny joke so that you don't kick me out. Yep. Often he said, he, "I like." I think that's every third line he has. He tells him that this was a bad. Ooh, he made a bad choice. Now the rest of us have to live with it. No, and this this fool is great because of that. And he's more he's that... more that version of the fool than I think almost any other fool that we see. Oh, the, he the, actually fills the role of like king's jester. He's the traditional the style only... jester. Yeah, yeah. Touchstone, Touchstone is the be, only yeah. other traditional style jester who's in it that has the like. This is their profession. Yeah, they are a fool. They are a jester. We have fools in each play that serve certain plot points of telling the truths with humor. 
But, like, I can't think of any other actual... Well, now there's a clown. There's a clown or two. Um, But, yeah, the, I mean... There's some of them that are named clown, and they're not funny. Yeah, this, but they're not filling that, like, specific, yeah. the, like, literal definition of the role. But the fool has lines that are just... They're beautifully witty and fun, and half of the insults of Shakespeare come from this play. It's true. I'm pretty sure um, a solid like third of them come from one monologue of Kent's that's coming. It's up. true. I wrote down some of it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's marvelous. Pretty, it oh is yeah, Kent good. Kent is fantastic. He is the cussy guy who's always oh he's you yeah he's you. He's the guy. Who's no, always I know spewing. this. He's always he's the guy who's always spewing cuss words at the family barbecue, and you're like, eh, we just tell the kids not to say what Uncle Ryan says. Yep, that's good. That's pretty much it. Yep. Okay. That's why Uncle All Ryan right. gets to keep so, saying what he says. When we start Act Two, um, we've got a servant of Gloucester's telling Edmund that Regan and her husband are coming to the castle to visit that night. Yep. So, uh, Lear, I'm sorry, we forgot that Lear left Goneril. Yeah, he was, going to, that? he was going to Regan's house. Did yeah, I, that was, yeah. He, we forgot that. It was at the end. Okay, that is Because that, that's when the fool shows up. Yeah. Because the fool's like, yeah, you did this stupid thing, and guess what? Your other daughter is not going to treat you any better than this bitch. So, Lear has left to go to Regan's house. Uh, Goneril has sent a message to Regan. Uh, Kent is taking a message also to Regan. And somehow, oh, he gets there and then heads to Gloucester's, because why wouldn't you? But Edmund gets news that Albany and Cornwall are not getting along either. They're getting, they're at they odds. Are, they are at odds. As if splitting a country up is not making any of them happy. Yes, as if maybe taking these two men who are married to your daughters and pitting them against each other. Not such a good thing. And so Edmund is going to also further his plot to get Edgar thrown aside. And so he stages this fight. fight, this sword fight. And he's like, Edgar, run away. And then as soon as Edgar runs away, he's like, I'm going to cut myself with my own sword so I can tell daddy that Edgar, Edgar wounded me. And then punched yourself to get your brother in trouble. No. And he peppers it in this Just whole next then. scene. Like, I think he says about five or six times, like, look, I've been wounded. Edgar wounded me. I got stabbed. I need a band-aid. He stabbed me with a sword. I killed me, Mel. With a sword. Stabbed me with a sword. So, <laughs> look, sir, I bleed. <laughs> like, <laughs> instead of... Do you not see this? But yeah. comes he in stabbed like, me. Oh, my God, you're bleeding. Come, be my man. I will kiss you on the forehead. Which is an awkward thing to do while someone's bleeding. <laughs> Just saying. Come here. Saying. Come, here and let me, come here and let me give me sweet nothings. So. Real power play. Yeah. Edmund Corn- tells his Cornwall father. Cornwall knows what he's about, son. Edmund tells his father that they quarreled because Edgar super wants to kill him. And Edmund's like, no, dude, let's not kill dad. That's a bad idea. His reason for not killing his dad isn't that he loves him or anything like that. It's just, come on, the gods really don't like that. And they'll send vengeful spirits after us. Yeah. Yeah, Patricide is like frowned on super hard. Yeah, patricide is not cool. It's it's not that we shouldn't do it because our dad's good. Did you hear about Pericles' attire? He was cursed by Poseidon. (laughs) 
I hate that play. <laughs> All the shipwrecks. Don't get on a boat with that fucker. It's not watertight. <laughs> no, he There's one box that is. Get in that box. He's shitting Poseidon cereal or yeah, something. Yeah, he did. Anyway, so then we have Kent showing back up at Gonrol's and encountering Oswald. And he's super mad at Oswald okay. for like... They're not at Gonrol's. They're, they're, they're at... Gloucester's. They're at Gloucester's, but he he meets up with Oswald, who is Goneril's servant. <laughs> yeah, and like it's seemingly out of nowhere. I fucking love this. Oswald's scene. like good morrow to the Kent's Like I hate your face. <laughs> <laughs> and Oswald's like, uh, why? And Kent has this. And he goes, well, you don't like me. And he goes, why do you think I don't like you? Because I don't like you. Like, oh and God. Oswald's like, are you, do you sure you you got the right person what do you uh, take me I for just fucking tripped you two days ago and then kent says oswald says what dost thou know me for and kent says a knave a rascal an eater of broken meats a base proud <laughs> shallow beggarly three-suited hundred pound filthy worsted stocking knave a lily-livered action-taking whoreson glass-gazing super serviceable finical rogue one trunk inheriting slave one that would be a bod in a way of good service and art nothing but the composition of a knave, beggar, coward, pander, and the sudden heir of a mongrel bitch. One whom I will beat into clamorous winding if thou deniest the least syllable of thy addition. That is the worst Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say a Voltron? Yes. <laughs> oh, fucking chase, Jesus Christ. Can you fuck off? <laughs> oh god, that was funny as hell. It is. Oh, it is yeah. the worst Voltron. No, I no, I can't. So there's, he, can't, he records there's, this. There's an Orbitz gum commercial from like a decade ago that this scene reminds me of. You lint licking belly. <laughs> The string of insults that he <laughs> manages to string together here, and there are a lot. We could take time. Maybe we'll do that in the second half. Let's break down each thing. Yeah, each but it's insult. just like... It's insane. And there's no buildup. It's just instantaneous. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> what up? Let's fight. You want to fight? So, <laughs> so Cornwall and Reagan come in with Gloucester and they see this going on and they're like, what the fuck is going well, on? Well, because we Kent, hear you. Kent draws his sword and he's like, fight me. And Oswald goes, I don't want to. He's like, fight me, you coward. Fight me right now. And Oswald's like, help. This guy is trying to murder me for no reason. So they're screaming at like 2 a.m. in the courtyard of someone's house. It's like somebody yelling on your lawn. And so they come down and they're like, what the fuck is happening? Or I guess Gloucester comes in, and then here comes Reagan in. It's, but this, this reminds me of, of uh, have you seen the movie Fist Fight? No. It's got Ice Cube in it. Yeah, because, oh, you're right. I, sh I have. I just went through his IMDb and watched them all. <laughs> and what's the guy from It's Always Sunny? He was in... Uh, in Danny DeVito? No. <laughs> no. Charlie, no. Charlie Day. Yeah, the, the, he was also in... Uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah, Pacific Rim. Charlie Day. And they're, they're school teachers, and they're going to fight each other. I know. And his daughter. I actually do know this one. I didn't know the name of the movie was Fist Fight. I haven't seen it. Um, okay, but... But I still the, don't like, watch Ice Cube Kent, movies. Not but, on principle, but kind of on principle. But Kent, Kent, with all this, it just reminds me of when they're doing the father-daughter, like, fucking talent show, whatever, and she's like, stupid little bitch, I ain't fucking with you, like, in front of the whole school. Whenever you string more than five curses together, 
in one sentence. You've really overdone it. It really shows the diversity of the way. But yeah, so Cornwall. Use all of them in one sentence. Fuck the fucking fuckers. So Cornwall, Cornwall, yeah, and Gloucester, they come out and they're like, what is going on? And Oswald is like, this guy's trying to kill him. And he's like, he called me bad things. I don't like him. He, he called me names. Yeah, to which Cornwall goes, I don't like you either. And neither does she. Someone get the stocks. And Kent's like, you can't put me in the stocks. Gloucester's like, uh, yeah, we can't. He's literally the king's messenger. We can't put him in the stocks. Cornwall's like, yeah. Watch me. This is happening. So they put him in the stocks. They put some decorations on his ankles, as they call it. And so there he's sitting, hanging out in the stocks. When Lear rides up. Just in the stocks. Oh, my God. And Lear's like, who did this to you? Who did this to you? We're not quite there yet, I guess. We have to go through Edgar first. And just so, for a little bit. Yeah, well, just, just quick. Because Edgar, they give us a really short scene, thank God. Edgar's probably the most uninteresting character. So he runs off into the woods and makes his face all muddy and decides that he is going to disguise himself as a man named Tom... Tom O'Bedlam! No. Yeah, it is. That is his name. Tom Truly Good. No, Tom O'Bedlam. No, he calls him... Like, he decides to go by the name Tom Truly God. This is like an everyman moment. So naming in restoration... Yeah, Plays. but he's yeah. the worst, so we yeah, can we worst. can so like we keep yeah. keep trucking along, really. But, all right. Yeah, he's gonna go make himself into like a madman, and that's how he's gonna disguise himself and not look, get killed look, by his you, father. You've missed out on an opportunity to talk about Harold Bloom, because Tom O'Bedlam first, you know, uh, Harold Bloom talks about the poem Bedlamite or Homer's Bedlamite is a name of anonymous poem, Tom O'Bedlam. Harold Bloom calls it the greatest anonymous lyric in the English language. Open this beer and stop talking of Harold Bloom. No. Open this beer and keep talking of Harold Bloom. No. Open the beer and just at least continue to talk into the microphone and not into your phone. That's fair. Oh. (laughs) Look, Chase hurt me. Whatever. Anyway, so Lear Lear rides up and he sees Kent in the stocks and he's like, who did this to you? Kent goes, it was your daughter and her husband. Do you have it? Do you have it open? Because there's yes. A... All right. So I yes. Really uh, is it? It is both he and she, your son and daughter. No. Yes. No. Say I. I say yay. <laughs> By Jupiter, I swear no. By Juno, I swear I. So there's like yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. It's this so much fun. Rabbit season. Duck season. It's so much fun. (laughs) There are such fun places in this play. Yeah, and so and so then make you love. No, you're not. You're really not. You're honestly you're not. Probably not. I'm just gonna enjoy Um, the two of you not you loving it and her not loving it. That's what I'm enjoying. And so you know, Lear's finally convinced, okay, it was my daughter and husband. He's like, Well, what happened? What did you do to deserve this? And he's like, Nothing. I didn't do anything. The other guy started. I didn't do anything. He called me a coward. He started it. Oh my he god, cro- I love it. He crossed on it. my side of the back seat. <laughs> and uh and so Lear's like, okay, you know what? I'll just talk to my daughter and her husband and I'll sort it all out. So Lear leaves to go talk to the daughter, and the fool turns to Kent and goes, Did you really not do anything else? And Kent just goes, Nope. <laughs> it just cracks me up. It just cracks me up. 
And Lear immediately returns going, what do you mean I can't talk to my daughter and son-in-law? It's three in the morning, sir. They've gone to bed. They they will not be roused. They will talk to you in the morning. And Lear's like, no, they're fucking going to talk to me now. Get them out here. I'm the king. Which is not a great way to endear yourself to people. What? That's how I got into this house today. All right, so he Lear pulls this like, oh God, my heart moment, and it reminds me of Stanford and Sons when he would always go, Elizabeth, I'm coming, I'm coming, because he just fa- he like ha- fakes a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so Regan shows up as well, and uh, Lear's like Regan, side with me on this. Your sister did a not. horrible thing. Your sister, she, your sister sucks. She doesn't. You're an asshole. A hundred people running rowdy is a lot. Fifty is enough. Fifty is enough. But no, I need a hundred. Keep fifty men. His his yeah. his uh his daughters are the woman from the meme with the cat, and Lear is the cat. <laughs> uh, and to which he goes, fifty people. Fuck that. I'd rather be homeless. And he decides he's going to take off. And he just he leaves. He's like, she's like, go back to Goneril. Go back to my sister. She's like, no. Nope. I'm going to go wander the wilderness because clearly everybody wants me to die. I'm going to take a walk in the rain. <laughs> On the Everybody's moors. Terrible. Why don't I just go fling myself from a parapet? To which Goneril, or Regan's going, yeah. Yeah, do that. You <laughs> Please? You, please? Could you? Oh, now? could you? Oh, the humanity. And he's gonna go fucking. Yeah, so both of his about the fucking both of his moors. both of his daughters have turned on him now. Yeah, he's just gonna go die on the moors. Well, they already they already didn't like him in the first men. place. Hey, if you stayed with me, I'd only let you keep twenty five. Twenty five? Why twenty five? Keep one. Do you even really need one person? Just go stay in your room. Put your head down and be quiet. Yep. Just... <laughs> Put your head down on your desk, Lear. Oh my god. And so. We then get to the heart of why but who Beth does he leave with? With Kent. That's right. Kent. And the fool. Kent and, and the fool. fool. And Gloucester. You remember Kent, well, the guy no, that he yet. banished for being super mean to him early yeah, on in the show? Caius. <laughs> He's got a mustache with and his, an accent. With his fake mustache. I have a fake Kent accent. And so then we get into uh, the real reason I'm convinced Beth actually likes this play. Because Beth really likes it when people wander dramatically on the moors. It's why she likes the Brontes. I do like the Brontes. That's true, though. That's true, though. I know. I really do like Jane Eyre a lot. Yeah. And it's all about... Withering Heights is okay. There's way too much about the lentils. I like. I don't understand. Withering Heights is not okay. (laughs) I agree with Chase. I agree as well. If it's a ghost story, it's fantastic. If it's not a ghost story, what the fuck (laughs) happened? (laughs) It's not a ghost story. All right. We need. We'll do but yeah, so uh, we'll do a Bronte <laughs> show next. I love Brontes. Oh, oh all three of good, them, fuckers. Good, good luck. I loved Angus Gray was great. I loved the tenant of Whitfield Hall. Give me all the Bronte. No, yeah, good the Brontes suck. I also read a whole lot of Thomas Hardy. So anyway, okay, so yeah, but we're out on the moor. When we start Act Three, we're out on the moor, mm-hmm. and Ken is talking to a gentleman. He's like, uh, "Where's the king? He's wandering." Where? Just out there somewhere. You think there is a storm coming. The, fo- think- the fool's with him? Yeah, he, yeah. he's got a guy. That's good. That's good. That's a good idea. Let's leave the fucking fool with him. He's That's got good. a dude. And Ken's That's like, good. did anybody like build a shelter for him? 
No, he said he didn't want one. Fuck. This is right. this this is why people want to play Lear. Well, this the yeah, this next scene is why they want to play Lear. This is what the is next it, scene. Three, two? Is why yeah, they three, want two. to play Lear. So three two is oh. Lear out in the rain, being dramatic. Blow being melodramatic. Rage and blow. I've seen people do that as a monologue, just cutting out everything the fool says. Just doing the whole thing, like the fool's not there, telling him, like, yeah. um... Can we go inside? Can we go, go inside? inside? Um, you know, we could I be... umbrella? We could be not in the rain right now. Why did you take your coat off, sir? <laughs> your feet are dirty. He didn't just take his coat off. Um, yeah, this he is... Took- this is typically played. He took all his clothes off. Right. Stage directions don't have him taking his clothes off yet. He'll go back out into the rain again with no clothes on. Uh, well, just in a shift. But I, so often this is done like with him in a nightgown on a precipice screaming at stuff. And people think it's really dramatic. He's insane. Like he's lost. Oh, he's it. nuts. And that's how you like that's how. That's how I would play it is yeah, that he's just completely he's unhinged. He's fucking lost it. He's out of his mind. From the first moment you see Lear, he is out of his fucking mind. I say the beginning of the play, Lear's insane. Oh, yeah. Well, early early stages getting, like, early bored. stages of dementia. It just keeps getting worse and worse. And he just idea, gets bad. When his idea of reality is checked... It just throws him. Oh, yeah. That's why he decides to wander naked through the mowers, screaming at storms. And that's why people want to play Lear. So why did you do it? I just like to scream at storms okay. naked. Okay. so <laughs> This has nothing to do with dementia. It, it is a wonderful speech with a lot of power behind it. Um, but when you take into the fact that what he's really mad about is that he can't have his friends over to play anymore, it takes a lot of it out of it. Yeah. And so then Kent shows up and he's like, hey, I built a shelter over here. Will you come into the shelter? And Lear's like, no, I will not. What's a little rain? It also depends on how you view Lear uh, compared to his daughters. If you look at all of them unfavorably, then yeah, it's a child throwing a tantrum. Well, and that's that's definitely something we should get into in the second one because yeah. Cassie's right. We have a lot to go, and Chase looks about as bored as I've seen him in a that's while. That's because this play is boring. She has no soul, heart, or humor. <laughs> Properly staged, this play is amazing. On I the page, funny. this play is boring as fuck. Okay, well, they're all boring all right. on the page. So. Not true. <laughs> Either what are what are we what are we pinning? Going back. We're gonna pin. Uh, I don't. It's just. I don't know how we view the. How you view how, how you, you view this family yeah. determines how this scene really is. If you side with Lear, if you don't view him as the bad guy, then this is actually you know, a really powerful speech of a man who has been betrayed by his family and let down and, you know, is descended into madness. If you if you look at all of them like the dickheads they are, then he's a child throwing a tantrum. But we can talk more about that later. We can. Um so and it ends with the fool so the fool says a prophecy at the end of the scene. Like the king leaves with eventually leaves with cat eventually is able to drag him off. Right, and it leaves the fool with this, like, prophecy thing he says that I don't really understand. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, and 
It ends with this prophecy Merlin shall make for I live before his time. So are we predating Arthur? Which is uh, this actually is set or L- Lear is based off of a guy from the eighth century BC, so around the time of the founding of Rome. Okay. Same name, different spelling. Yeah. Um which doesn't answer the question Welsh, for me. A Welsh British king. So when when is King Arthur. King Arthur is like 480, okay. 580. Okay. Geoffrey so like Je- Je- of Monmouth wrote of this, uh, if you know anything about English I history. I do know yeah. about English well, history. Well, I'm not talking to you directly. I'm talking oh. to our listeners, if you didn't know anything You were about looking and right if, at me. You know, yeah. You're sitting directly across the table from me, Beth. Well, your eyes are piercing, and I want to punch them. So. But if, if Geoffrey of Monmouth, his history... Okay is well-known and whatnot, and a lot of people... Who? Jeffrey of Monmouth. Okay, you had just said it only seven times. I wanted to get it to eight. Oh, my God, I only said it twice. All right, so... (laughs) They stumble across... uh, Old Tom. Going back to the shelter. Or they go into the shelter, and inside the shelter is Old Tom. There's already somebody there. And it's (laughs) Old Tom the Madman. Tom of Bedlam. So the fool comes running around and goes, Look, there's a ghost in there. <laughs> and Lear's like, I'm not going in there if there's a ghost. I will stay out here. That is fine. I'll stay out here. And Ken goes, It's not a fucking, there's not a ghost. Oh my God. What has happened? Did I, I must have murdered an entire kingdom in my past life. This sucks. <laughs> and then, just, and then it's Edgar. just a dirty idiot. Edgar comes it's out. here. And he, he goes, ah, I'm mad. I'm mad. And Lear goes, you must have two daughters and you divided all of your estate between them two because that's the only thing that sends anybody mad. He goes, no, but I have a father and a brother and everything goes wrong. And, so- and then Lear keeps saying, no, 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 you must have daughters. <laughs> and Lear he, right, though. He forces, he forces <laughs> them to stage a trial where Edgar the Fool and Kent are forced to be the like judges of his daughters as he puts out all of their fucking crimes. And Edgar keeps going, like he keeps having asides to say, this is so sad. I might be, have a hard time pretending to be mad any longer. Like he's just... Just the worst. <laughs> Edgar is the worst character in this whole play. I might actually agree with that. I don't know. Regan is... No, okay. So Regan is a bad person in this play. Edgar is a bad character. So he is not interesting. I wouldn't want to play him. Um, If I could find a way to cut him out, I would, but you can't. You can't. He's he's far too integral to the plot of the play. Like, I don't... In a play that I love, I don't like him. And when he's on scene, I'm like, oh, good. This is the time that I can phase my brain out for a minute. No, I get that. Okay, I get that. I was say, I thought we were talking about who is actually just like the worst person in this play. And who. But uh, so Gloucester comes because they're on Gloucester's land still. Um, and tells Kent that he needs to take the king to Dover. That there is good stuff happening in Dover. Well, there's a surprise. There's, there's going to be a French invasion to, re- a to restore Lear to his throne. Yeah, because there's been a message from Cordelia yeah. um, saying, hey, I'm going to 
I'm gonna send some help over there, see what I can do to help well, my, I'll, I'll help my you father. Out, Dad. Fine. Fine. I'm coming. All right. The funny thing is, is Cordelia acts like the middle child, but she's the youngest. She's the peacekeeper in the family dynamic. So, all right. So cut over to Cornwall, who is trying to send Goneril away to her sister to warn her that a French army is coming. Because, of course, Edmund the dickhead... (laughs) Again, to betray his father. Because his father tells him, like, hey, stay close. Shit's happening. People are in Cornwall. Edmund, or in Dover. Edmund finds the letter, like, that he, that Gloucester has been exchanging with France back and forth. And he gives it to Cornwall. And Cornwall's like, fuck, we gotta kill your dad. Edmund, you gotta go. You shouldn't be here to watch this. But Edmund and Goneril, what? Oh, no, Edmund leaves, yeah, with Goneril, and they go to warn Albany. Right. So, and Oswald comes back and is like, hey, uh, I saw the king on the road to Dover as well. Um, Gloucester's found and brought in. And Reagan and Cornwall like tie him to a chair. They are Boris and Natasha, like... If we are continuing with like the Rocky and Bullwinkle universe, they're just, they are actually. But they're not out to get Moose and Squirrel. They're, they're out to get, I don't know, Gloucester. Gloucester. <laughs> so Gloucester's like, yeah, fuck, I talked to France. It was fine. She was a friend. We're not at war with France. I can talk to I them. can talk to Cordelia. It's, it's cool. Okay. It's okay. We're not at war with France yet, but that clock's ticking down because it's been yeah. a while since we've been well, at war with France. It's England. <laughs> So eventually, and so we will be like, and they keep talking. Oh, I'm checking my fucking watch. They've got this guy. Could tied, be this time tomorrow. They have him tied to a chair, and they're berating him. And eventually, he goes, "Fine, I sent the king to Dover to save him from you fucktards." And so Cornwall does what any normal person would do: gouges his fucking and eyes stabs out. him in the fucking eye. Yeah, he right. just fucking right. gouges his eyes out. Right. Um. He doesn't know. No, I want to be. I want to be. I want to be very clear about what happens here. You say he stabs him in the eye, and that, while disgusting, does imply you know a little bit of of neatness. What actually happens is that he plucks out his eyeball and squishes it on the floor. Well, yeah, it's very mountain like. Yeah, to make a Game of Thrones reference again. He, yeah, he, he. He's not gentle. No. Um, Were you expecting gentleness? Casey? No, I wasn't. Of course, you probably weren't also not expecting a dude to get his eye <laughs> ripped out of his and face. Upon seeing this, one of Cornwall's servants or Gloucester's, I don't think I remember right right now. It's a servant. Just servant. Runs in to be like, dude, stop plucking. That's disgusting. I have to clean that viscous substance. I got to clean that fucking eyeball up. You bitch. So, I gotta get so, so many magic erasers, it's gonna take more than one. And so Regan's like, okay, fine. And she kills him. But during the fight, the scuffle the with servant the servant stabs Cornwall and mortally wounds him. And Cornwall, before he realizes he's mortally wounded, he, I mean, he does have a bit of a Mark Antony moment here. It does take him, it takes <laughs> him quite some he, he puts out Glaster's other eye. Because he's like, fuck, that hurt. 
Give me your other eye. <laughs> this kid is going to have to really clean all his own blood and both your eyes. He's going to have to clean. He's going to have to clean my blood. Yeah. And his blood and your eyeballs. Everything. He's going to have to clean all this. So, the sir. He goes, God damn. Fuck with me. I think I'm dying or something. Ugh, babe, this is a real bad wound. This, man, this, this is real bad. Man, this hurts. I got stabbed. It's like that scene in, hey. that scene in uh, Scream. Oh, you cut me too deep, bro. You cut me too deep. Uh, so he's like whining about it. Like, I, I uh, killed me, Mal. And another servant's like, uh, okay, well, while they're dealing with that, here's some cotton balls for your eye holes. <laughs> I'm going to wrap a bandage around. I'm going to spin you around three times and send you out onto the moors. Yeah, Regan. Why did Regan, he hide him in the cellar or something? Regan, Regan kills the servant. This is his house. Let's not forget, we are in Gloucester's <laughs> house still. And his own servants are like, well, out you go. Well, because Regan's there. and She probably could have been distracted with her dying husband uh, not that she really cares no she's the one who's she's the one who tells if he to... stays any longer they're gonna have to clean him up too that's true that's she's the, she's the one who tells him to say don't have to clean the moors. the moors well luckily he doesn't have to wander long because oh, he finds he finds edgar the fool no edgar the madman edgar, edgar the madman the old tom Bedlam. And the old, this old man who's just in the script is old man. Yep. Goes, hey, Gloucester, here's Tom the Madman. We're going to, he's going to take care of you. And then Edgar has Let all these asides. Edgar has all these asides. No, he's Edgar's like, not yeah. trying to murder him. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's Edmund all, who's been. Yeah. All of these things that are Whatever. Terrible I forget which one it is. In my own life, but things could get so much worse. Why do you say that kind of shit in a Shakespeare play? Why do you say that kind of shit, Edgar? Because huh? we love to tempt fate. Mm hmm. And he has Maybe all we these can get like on a boat with Pericles later. Mm, sounds like it. And as soon as he sees his father, he's like, "Oh no, I, I should tell him who I am." He sees his dad, but I've goes, built this character and this persona, and I can't break free of it. He sees, he sees his, <laughs> he's in too, too deep. Long as old Tom, I don't know if I can discard he's, my disguise. He sees his dad, and he goes, "Oh, moors are closed. Moose out French should have told, <laughs> told you. you. Moors are closed. <laughs> Jesus, all right." So, Oswald, we're cut to Goneril's. So, so okay, while so all of this, house. while all of this nonsense has really been time for you to make a gonorrhea joke, I I'm, held really, it. I held I'm really it. proud of you. What's the time stamp right now? Uh, an hour and thirteen minutes. That is I, much longer than I thought look, you'd be. I held it in for a really long. Good, time. good. No more clap jokes. And so, while all this nonsense has been going on. Edmund has been carrying on affairs with both Goneril and Regan. Uh, just because he can. Which is good, because Goneril can't stand her husband because he's weak for not wanting to kill her father. Let that sink in. Goneril's the worst as well. Oh, yeah. Goneril and Regan so, really suck. Upon hearing that Cornwall is dead, Goneril's first thought is, fuck, now Edmund could marry her and not stay with me. That's her first thought. Yeah. These are good sisters. They're great sisters. Um, Look, nobody said that Goneril and Regan were actually good people. Yeah. 
So, but Albany at this point is like, I shall have revenge for Gloucester's eyes, and I would kill you if you weren't a woman. Fuck, we're already an hour and 13 minutes in. Yes, we, let's hurry we up. We need Anthony and Cleopatra. We do. Please, for the love of God. Beth? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. We'll do a little bit of it. Let's get through the next act four. Cordelia shows up. Uh, yeah, act four is Cordelia shows up. Everybody gets to the battlefield and Cordelia shows up. Uh, Cordelia wants to know whether or not the doctor can save Lear from his madness. And the doctor's like, yeah, he just needs to fucking sleep. Like, he's just, <laughs> if he would go to sleep, everything would be fine. Uh, but he's a fucking two year old having a temper tantrum. Exactly. He won't sleep. Exactly. Reagan comes downstairs and he's like, nap time. what the fuck do you mean Gloucester wasn't killed? You let him go on the morse, yeah, but he was blind, so I'm sure a dog or something will eat him. And all, and then we ridiculous. That's we, ridiculous. Except old Tom of Bedlam found him. But Gloucester wants to die, and so he tells Edgar, "Lead me to a cliff so that I can throw myself off of it." And Edgar's oh, like, "I can't God. do that because you're my father." And so he pretends to lead him to the top of a cliff, and he's like, "You're totally at the top of a cliff now. Please step off of it." And he's at like the top of a very slight incline. And then he falls on the ground, and then Edgar's like, you fell such a great distance, and you're not dead. God must want you alive. Play tricks on the blind man. That's cool. Hey, it's his dad, and he's trying to keep him alive. In, but also, wait, then, a, wait a, do you know, wait do you know, shame his son for caring about his father, Cassie? Do you know what would have been a better way to keep his father alive? Hey, I'm not old mad Tom. I'm your son. Live for me. Yeah, but that's, that's not Stop Shakespearean, it. Cassie. Stop it. <laughs> All right, so Lear Look, wants- don't don't come in here. Don't come into Lear with your fucking sense. In walks Lear. Somebody as needs a- to. In walks Lear dressed as Ophelia. I had a really good joke, and you all made me say it loud. <laughs> he, he's all dressed up as Ophelia, completely covered in flowers and kind of naked. Uh, and he <laughs> Gloucester tries to kiss the king, and Lear recognizes the blind man. And they finally hug, and everybody's happy. Not really. No, that's not what happens. It's pretty close to what happens. Close enough. Yeah. So Oswald shows up again, and finally somebody fucking kills that twat waffle. Good. It's about time. It only took us, what, two more acts after he showed up in the first place? So Oswald, as he's dying, goes, oh, you've killed me, but could you do me a favor and take this letter to Edmund? And Edgar's like... Are you fucking kidding? Yeah. <laughs> give me his, give it to me. And he finds, sure, I'll take it to him. And so he, they have uncovered now the plot of Goneril to kill her husband, Albany, who is still kind of loyal to the king and not a complete dickhead. Because um, Albany is okay. Out of all of them, Albany so is all right. They, they all kind of go off to Albany thinking, well, maybe this guy will help us. Uh, untrue. So. We're still in Act Four. We're still in Act Four. Kent, I know, Cord- we have... Kent and Cordelia finally meet up. Um, he tells her who he is, but asks to stay disguised. Cordelia uh, thinks it's time. She to... still didn't see through his disguise. It's just that good. <laughs> yeah, the fake mustache and the says... accent never fails. Never fails. So the doctor tells Cordelia to play music to wake her father and kiss him awake. At first, Leah refuses to believe that it is, in fact, his daughter in front of him. Um, but then he goes on a walk, and Kent learns that uh, all of this shit has happened. Like, he's like, what the fuck? Cornwall's dead? Goneril's plotting what? 
Who poked out Gloucester's eyes? How and did it, that happen? And then as we close out Act 4, Lear says the truest line of this play, I am old and foolish. You are old and foolish. So, and then Act 5, everybody dies. It's true. Just, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, we have the love fight between Act 1, Scene Act 5, Scene 1 is Reagan and Edmund. I love you. You love me too, right? Well, because they decided they're going to get married. Yep, they're going to get married. Um, Albany's like, okay, I will fight with you, but only because it's against the French. Which, by the way, the French king is not here. He had to go back for uh, family reasons. Uh, but, he, <laughs> but he left the French army. <laughs> and his wife. And his wife. He he left the other night. Uh, we got a really good actor to play the French king, and we just couldn't pay his salary for more than like one day. So. We, we, he, he stopped caring. He stopped we, caring. we could not afford his rate. Yeah, so, and he wouldn't let us use body doubles, so we just... Um, so Edmund we had to like, shoot all of his scenes far away. <laughs> so Edmund ends the scene with going, I have gotten two women to love me. Hot damn, this bastard. Two lovely princesses, all to me. Hmm. What should I do? I'll make sure. Which one should I? This one, give me that. And he's just being a snidely whiplash bastard. Um. But he will only marry one of them. Like Albany can only stay alive if he if he promises not to be nice to Cordelia. Well, Al- Albany Albany calls out Edmund for being a traitor. Um, well, I mean, there ends up being yeah. trial by combat. Trial by combat. And at some point, Cordelia is thrown into prison. Well, and and uh, uh, Goneril uh, poisons Regan. Who goes off to die. Yep. And then Edgar and Edmund, because Edgar shows up to the trial by combat. Right. And challenges Edmund to a duel. And Edgar wounds Edmund. So good old Tom of Bedlam. Basically, Act 5, Scene 3 is where they took everything that happens in the play and put it here. Yeah. And then because Edmund takes a while to die. Albany confronts Goneril with the his death sentence, basically, that she's trying to kill him. Um, and Gloucester died from finding out that Edgar was alive. Don't Not, you know, the fact that he had been tortured brutally and his eyes gouged out. No, the shock of his son living covered in shit in the moors, that's what did him in. <laughs> that is what did him. All right, so let's do a recap of where everybody is. So, Edgar and Edmund fight. To this point, Edmund wounded, Cornwall dead, Reagan poisoned, Goneril also poisoned. No, no. Goneril, uh, Albany catches Goneril uh, with the love letter that he yep. was given, and Albany's like, "Fuck you!" And she's like, "Yeah, but I'm my dad's heir, not you. So you're nothing without me." So and she walks flees. Away. So she does uh, stabs herself. Well, yeah, but she flees at this point. Where we're at, she has just fled. She has not died yet. Yeah. So, yeah, she flees. Um, then off stage, kills herself. So she stabs herself. Uh, Albany orders the bodies of both. Reagan and Goneril brought in because that's what we need. Um, Kent comes in looking around for the king who's in jail with Cordelia. Right? 
um, Edmund. Edmund, for some in reason, in his dying moment, is trying to like he like he had a come to God moment. And he even says he's like, "This is not a thing that I would do," but yeah. he tries to fucking probably, um, assist Lear and Cordelia. I've Edmund reminds uh, me of yeah. Orin from Parks and Rec. You should really run to them because I have faked an order that they're to be executed. This isn't a thing that I would do, but you should you should go. But Cordelia gets stabbed, hung, hung. She dies. Yeah, Cordelia she dies. Gets, she gets so, murdered. Yep. And Lear Cutler carries her in. Yeah, so Lear comes stumbling in, still crazy, because holding somehow his dead he, the frail old man, was not the one who was murdered, but the young. They're to be executed. So this is, it's not like he was frail and she could have fought them off. They're to be executed. So they took her first for execution. Yeah, but how is he still alive? They only got one gallows, man. Yeah, you got to do one at a time. Okay, this is shitty gallows. Then I've yeah. seen it. I've seen Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. They can build them <laughs> with more. It's okay. The executioner even look, says look, there's always. Yeah, the money room that was going to go to more. that was being used to house and feed Lear's hundred men. Did so, fucking Simon dig it up and chuck it at people? Look, yes. Look, we can finish this quickly. Lear goes in the way of all great Shakespeare tragedies. And he dies of a fucking broken heart. He just dies. Yep. He well, just dies. That's the same way fucking Gloucester Albany, died. Oh shit, my son's alive. Al- but he also had huge wounds <laughs> in his eyes. Look. Likely infected. I'm just saying what's in the text. They put cotton balls in there and sent him onto the moors. I'm just saying what's in the text. So, Albany's like, all right, Edgar and Kent you guys be the kings together because that's a fucking thing you guys rule these two kingdoms that were already separated for some reason that's good for geopolitical reasons and kent's like nope i'm gonna follow my master and he well because kent kent shows up he doesn't actually die he just says he's gonna follow no his master. Lear, just in case you were looking for it he doesn't Lear, Lear recognizes kent yeah finally it's because well, the, he took the mustache. The mustache, no, the spirit gum started to wear off, yeah. <laughs> and it's like slightly flopping to the side. And Lear goes, "Oh fuck, it was you all along." Yeah, and so oh, at the end of the play, Peter, at the end of the play, England is being ruled by literally the only people who are still alive. Yep, which is Edgar and Kent and Albany, and it's two different endings. So if you have the quarto version. Albany, and if you have the folio version, it's Edgar. So we're gonna talk about that because of I, my Norton. I didn't know that there was two different ones. There are two different versions, and if you have the the first folio, Edgar, the implication is that Edgar will become the king. And if you have if you have the quarto why, version, why then it is implied that Albany becomes the king. Albany is already a king. No, he's not. He is ruling alongside Regan. A goneril. God damn it. Yeah, but they're uniting Britain back into one because they decided that splitting it into three was dumb as hell. Let's give this all back to Lear. It's becoming the United Kingdom. No. (laughs) 
I have a wonderful book called This Island's History that you should read. It's really big, and it cost a lot of money to get it back from London. It's very heavy. <laughs> it was very heavy. But anyway, at the end of the play, everybody's dead. Except, except for, for these three people who yep. are going to rule England together, and yep. the fool who I think is still lost on the moor somewhere. Maybe. He probably ran away, I don't know, to Venice. There's a book series. We'll talk about it. I'm sure. And yeah, that's the end of this play. Yay! What a good play. No. It's not a bad play. I love how pissed Cassie looks. It's so much better than everything with the name of Henry. No, it's not. That's no. not true. We still have Henry VIII. Did you we still too? got Henry VIII. That is, but that is not true. <laughs> Lear is not better than Henry V. It's not better than Henry IV, I, I, and IV, two either. It is. Hot take. Hot take. I, I, think it is. I agree with Ryan. How does that feel? Weird. Are you okay with it? Yes. Against this play, yeah. It's tomorrow <laughs> bath night at least, so you can wash it off. <laughs> you agree with me plenty. <laughs> it's frequently bath night. It is frequently bad. <laughs> every day. I shower every morning. So I can wash off. But, uh, yeah. but yeah. this play so, is so long and nothing happens in it until Act 5 when everything happens in a flurry of I chaos really, that you can't follow. I really wish that Cassie's face would translate to audio, but it doesn't. You guys are really missing out. I have good facial expressions, and right now they're communicating this, uh, ire. This has been the Shakespeare podcast. Uh, I'm part, Beth Roars. Part one of King Lear. Part one. Yay, we gotta do it again. I'm Ryan Halfhill. Cassie Greenlee. And Chase Greenlee. I'm so excited for this next part. It's gonna be Say so good. Say goodnight, John Boy. Good night, John Boy. No, let's keep going on the uh, clear. Dicks. What? Many dicks. Huh? Oh, the magic baby. No, let's have a spleen Spleen baby. baby. (laughs) This has been a Ghostlight Media production.